Hello. We're back today with our exercises and homework for Unit 28, Latin 3 from the Church of St. Agnes. So today we'll start on page 249 with the drills and then proceed to our sentences and readings. So number one, Roman numeral number one, drills on reflexives. Let's take a look at those. Number one, Pontius Pilatus a culpa se liberavit. Pontius Pilate is the subject. Liberavit se. He liberated or freed himself. There's the se which reflects the subject Pontius Pilatus. Right? Pontius Pilate liberated or freed himself a culpa from blame. This is when, of course, he washes his hands, the judgment of Jesus. So the important thing there, say, the uh, reflexive pronoun reflecting the subject, Pontius Pilate. Number two, apostoli pane secum non portabunt. Apostoli, the subject, right? The apostles portabunt, will carry, will not carry, non portabunt, will not carry what? Panes, bread, the loaves, secum, with them. Now we didn't we wouldn't say in English the, the apostles will not carry loaves with themselves. Uh, we would just say with them. But in Latin we know that the secum, the say, in fact, are the apostles. And that cum, uh, as you've seen many times on uh, pronouns and so forth, will attach itself uh, enclitically behind the pronoun secum with them with them. So the apostles will not carry bread with them. Number three, mulier sibi bibere dabat. The woman dabat was giving sibi to herself to drink. She was giving, understood something or water, sibi to herself, to herself, not to another person. It's reflexive, to herself to drink. Pretty straightforward. Good. Number four, memore sui timu erunt Jesum. Now, this is the one's a little more tricky. Memores is plural, nominative, right? And then we have sui, uh, and then we have timu erunt, there's the verb, Jesum, the object. So, memores uh, is an adjective meaning mindful, remembering, right? Mindful sui. Notice, memor, most commonly followed by the genitive. So, mindful of themselves, they feared Jesus. Um, remembering themselves, they feared Jesus. And we know that the people who are doing the, remind, uh, the, the remembering and the fearing are the same people because it's reflexive sui. Mindful of themselves, they feared Jesus. Good. Uh, number five, confite bantur sua peccata. They were confessing sua peccata, their own sins. Now notice, sua modifies peccata in number, gender, and case, but because of its nature, the nature of the word, it's a reflexive adjective, it reflects the subject. They were confessing their own sins. If that verb were singular, for example, and it, were, and it was uh, confite bat, or confite batur, I'm sorry, uh, be a deponent verb, confite batur uh, instead of bantur, then the sentence would mean 
he was confessing his own sins. So that suasa om modifies the noun in number gender case, but it reflects the subject, whatever the subject might be. Okay, number six. Prosua matre Jesus aquam in vinum mutavit. Prosua matre. There, pro plus the ablative. On behalf of his mother, Jesus changed aquam in vinum, water into wine. So, Jesus is the subject, and we have prosua matre. We know that that's his own mother, right? Good. Um, now, just for the sake of uh, example, if we change that sentence and it was a feminine subject, um, she, then the prosua matre would be the same form in Latin, but it would mean on behalf of her mother. You see what I'm getting at? Suasa um is an adjective. It modifies a noun, always a number, gender, and case, but it reflects the subject. So whether it's a male, a female, a plural, a singular, that suasa um reflects the subject, and you have to translate accordingly. Okay, number seven. Jesus ab uno e suis opostolis traditus est. Jesus, the subject, right? Traditus est was handed over or betrayed ab uno by one, and then from, remember, one instead of a partitive genitive, it's normally followed by A or X, by one from his own apostles. In other words, we would say it's simply in English, by one of his own apostles. By one from his own apostles, Jesus was betrayed. Okay, now take a look at number eight. This is an instructive one. Philia eus suum librum amisit. The subject is philia, right? The daughter. And the verb is amisit, she lost, librum, book. Now take a look at eos and suum. Philia eos, his daughter, lost his book. Now in English, we have a problem there, right? Because, uh, I'm sorry, his daughter lost her book. Um, notice that eos is uh, someone else's daughter, the daughter of that guy, lost her own book. Notice, suum modifies librum in number, gender, and cases, is what we've said before. But because the subject is philia, the daughter, the daughter of that guy, lost her own book. Now, some, sometimes students get confused because they say, well, look, philia is feminine, but suum is masculine in ending. Well, that's true, but the only reason suum is masculine in ending is because it modifies librum, which is masculine in gender. Number, gender, and case, the adjective, suasaum modifies it. But by its nature, because it's a reflexive adjective, it has to reflect the subject. So it's the daughter who lost her own book. Get that? That's very important. Sometimes it's tricky, sometimes it's confusing for students. But it's the daughter of that guy, his daughter. Theoretically, it could be her daughter, daughter of that woman. We don't know. That's why it can be confusing. But we know that Aeus is different from the uh, suum librum. So the daughter of that one, that person, that man, lost her own book. 
Very good. That's a that's a good one because it shows you uh, the trickiness sometimes of translating these. Number nine, Jesus cognovit in se met ipso virtutum quae exierat de se. Okay, Jesus cognovit. He recognized in se met ipso, very strong in se. He could have just said in se, in himself, but adds the met, which is an intensive subject, intensive suffix, and the ipso, which is an intensive uh, uh, adjective. So Jesus recognized in himself, that very guy, in, in himself, the strength of the power virtutum, que which exiere de se, had gone out from him, de se, from him. So this is reflexive also. So Jesus recognized in himself the power that had gone out from himself, from him. Um, and we don't say from himself. In English, we say from him. He recognized the power that had gone out from him. But it means from him, the same subject, not another him, from himself. Uh, this is, I think, when the, uh, the woman suffering from the hemorrhage touched the hem of his cloak, and he recognized the power had gone out from him. Okay, uh, number 10, Petrus in domum intravit et sui erant ibi. Peter entered into the house et sui. Sui, here acting, uh, an adjective acting as a noun, his own people, meaning his own relatives. This, this is often used in this way, suisaum in the plural, to mean among one's own friends and relatives. And his own people were there. Peter entered the house and his own were there. Good. Now we have practice on cum clauses, these next five. And remember, we have cum temporal, cum causal, and cum concessive clauses, and sometimes uh, they are ambiguous and we're not sure which is which. So when we have to go by context. Let's take a look. Number one, cum samaritana eset mulierum Jesus allocutus est. Okay, so we've got the, the main sentence, Jesus allocutus est mulierum. He addressed or spoke to the woman. Um, cum Samaritanis eset. Now, probably not when she was a Samaritan. Um, possibly since she was a Samaritan, but most likely, given the context and what we know about the Jews and the Samaritans, it's probably although. Although she was a Samaritan, Jesus spoke or addressed the woman um, because it wasn't common for uh, the Jews and the Samaritans to mix, right? So it's probably a cum concessive clause. Although she was a Samaritan, Jesus addressed the woman or spoke to the woman. Okay, number two. Cum Petrus hierosolimis eset paulum videt. Main verb, vidit. He saw Paul, cum Petrus, very possibly a cum temporal clause. When Peter was in Jerusalem, he saw Paul. Now, theoretically, it might be construed as a uh, causal clause, right? Since Peter was in Jerusalem, he saw Paul. Um, they happened to be there at the, uh, in the same place. Uh, but probably a more likely a cum clause, a temporal clause. Um, again, without context further, uh, with a paragraph or other sentences surrounding it, 
it's difficult to know. Um, but I think we can go with when here. How about number three? Cum cena verunt tunc e domo exierunt. Now here we have cum plus the indicative. And remember, when we have a cum clause with the indicative, it is a temporal clause. We know that. And it's stressing the time. So when they dined, then they left or exited the house, from the house. They exited the house. We might say after they dined. Uh, when they dined, they exited then from the house. Uh, that one's pretty clear. Uh, number four. So when you have a cum clause with the indicative, it's showing uh, strict temporal uh, time or strict time. Cum vocati essent dominum secuti sunt. They followed the Lord is the main sentence. The circumstantial clause cum, when they had been called, or it could even here be right, since they had been called. Since they had been called, or because they had been called, they followed the Lord, or when they had been called. Now notice, I'm translating vocati essent, had been called. And that's because it's pluperfect subjunctive in prior time to the main verb. The main verb, secuti sunt, they followed. Perfect tense, you're in the bottom half of your chart. To show prior time to the main verb, you need to use the pluperfect subjunctive, vocati essent. When they had been called, they followed the Lord. So the calling was first, right? Before, prior to the following. Uh, when, you, when you see something um, like in sentence number one, go back to sentence number one, Jesus alocutus est, Jesus alocutus est, he addressed the woman, you're in the secondary sequence, but notice, eset is imperfect subjunctive, to show same time is the main verb. So our sequence of tense chart is, uh, is active uh, in these cum clauses with the subjunctive. Um, let's take a look at number five. Mulieres condolebant cum iesum crucifixum viderent. Okay, the women were grieving. Now we're in the secondary sequence. Cum Jesum crucifixum viderunt. When they saw Jesus crucified. Could be since, too. It could be a causal clause. Couldn't it? Since they saw Jesus crucified, the women were grieving. Um, or they were very sad when they saw Jesus crucified. Either cum temporal or cum causal. But uh, take a look at your sequence of tense. Condolebant is imperfect tense. So you're in secondary sequence, the bottom half of your chart. And to show rough contemporaneous time with that, we, uh, Latin requires the imperfect subjunctive, and that's why we have viderent. Okay. So I think, I hope that those are pretty clear and straightforward and uh, helpful in uh, helping you to assess the use of cum clauses uh, the circumstantial clauses introduced by cum in Latin. Now we'll get down to our sentences and we'll have plenty more uh, examples. Um, our exercises, number one, one, right? Cum ergo venisit in Galileam excepperunt eum Galilei, cum omnia, omnia vidisent que fecerat hierosolimis in die festo. Okay, from the Gospel of John. Therefore, when he had come, notice, blue perfect subjunctive to show prior time to the main verb, 
into Galilee, the Galileans took him up or received him when they had seen or since they had seen Omnia, all the things which he had done Hierosolimis in Jerusalem on the festal day, the festival day. Yes, so we have two cum clauses, don't we? Um, the Galileans uh, received him, took him in, took him up, when he therefore had come into Galilee. Notice it's prior time to the main verb, pluperfect subjunctive. Since or when, probably since here, since they had seen all the things it's explaining um, why they took him up or accepted him, since he, they had seen all the things which he had done in Jerusalem on the festival day. Um, two nice cum clauses, both prior time to the main verb, therefore pluperfect subjunctive. Okay, number two. Et cum hec dixisset positis genibus suis cum omnibus illis oravit. This is um, Paul preaching and what he does after his preaching. And when he had said these things, cum clause, notice, dixisset, prior time to the main verb, which is in secondary sequence, positis genibus suis, ablative absolute, another circumstantial clause, but a different one. Could have used another cum clause, but here, varying with an ablative absolute. With his knees placed down on the ground, in other words, kneeling down, having knelt down, he prayed with all of them, cum omnibus illis. Now, the main verb is oravit, he prayed, cum omnibus illis, with them all. That's the main verb. We're in secondary sequence. We have two circumstantial clauses. One a cum clause, when he had said this, so in other words, that's prior time to the main verb. Okay, he got done speaking, and then he did another action. His knees placed down, having been placed down, meaning he, he, kneeling down. Jani Busuis, his own knees, <laughs> right, there's a reflexive. His own knees having been placed down on the ground. In other words, he, when he got down on his knees. Both those actions are prior to the main verb, which is he prayed with all of them. So that's a very nice sentence to show you two circumstantial clauses under which telling the circumstances under which he prayed. Okay, that's a good one. How about number five? Cum autem descendisset de monte, secute sunt eum turbe multe. So the main verb, the main sentence, is secute sunt eum turbe multe. Many crowds, many mobs, many people, many crowds, secute sunt, followed him. When? When, uh, however, he had descended from the mountain. Um, could theoretically maybe be a cum causal since he had descended from that, but most likely a cum temporal clause. When he had come down from the mountain, many crowds followed him. Okay, I hope you're um, starting to get the hang of these cum clauses. Uh, they're very common and very important in Latin, so you need to um, practice them as much as you can. Number nine, qui cum pervenisset et vidisit gratiam dei gavisus est. Now, we don't exactly know who the subject here is, but it's he who, right? Who, qui, um, when he had arrived, pervenisit, 
and had seen the grace of God, he rejoiced. So there's, there's your verb, your main verb, gavisos est, from gaudio, right, to rejoice. He rejoiced. It's a deponent verb, a semi-deponent verb. He rejoiced. There's the main verb in secondary sequence. Then we have two cum clause verbs, both in the pluperfect subjunctive, who, when he had arrived and had seen the grace of God, he rejoiced. Good. Um, that's, I think, pretty, pretty clear. The qui in Latin will connect a sentence from its previous one. And since we don't have a previous one here, we, we don't know who the qui refers to, but we know it's a masculine person because it's uh, masculine and gender and it's singular. So who, the guy who we're talking about previously, when he had arrived and had seen the grace of God, he rejoiced. Okay, our next one is number 12. Qui enim volu erit animam suam salvum facere perdet ilam. Qui autem perdiderit animam suam propter me hic salvum faciet ilam. From the Gospel of Luke. So uh, we, we look at our verbs. We see that um, they're in the future. This is kind of a relative future condition. Um, he who will have wished to save, make safe his soul, salvum facere animam suam, he who will have wished to make safe his soul, his life, perdet ilam, will lose it. So it's almost like saying, if someone wishes to make safe his soul, he will lose it. It's like a future, more vivid condition. Therefore, we have the future perfect in voluerit and the perdet in the, uh, in the main verb. So whoever, who, however, will have wished to make safe or save his life or soul will lose it. However, who will have lost his soul or life, propter me, on account of me, Hik, this one, will make it salvam, will make it safe, will save it. Remember that idiom, um, salvum, salvum or salvam facere, to make something safe, to make one safe, to save. Um, uh, domines salvum me fac, we often say, make me safe, make, save me, in other words. So whoever, who, the man who will have wished to save his own soul, will lose it. Who, however, will have lost his soul or his life on account of me, this one will make it safe. Animam, technically the soul, the breath, it can mean the life, right? From the Gospel of Luke. That's uh, a little tricky. Um, those are futures and future perfects, um, acting much like a future condition. Um, if someone will have wished to save his life or soul, he will lose it, right? Okay. Um, number 13, we have the two words, alter, the, the two uses of the single word, alter. Alter cedit gravi tentazioni, <clears throat> alter non. The one yielded, yields to grave temptation, the other did not, right? The one yields to grave or serious temptation, the other not. So we're talking about each of two, one of two, alter, alter. 
um, the alternatives, right, we get in English. So the one yields to grave temptation, the other not. In other words, does not yield. That's pretty straightforward. I wanted you to do that one to see the altair, altair. Okay, uh, number 14. Et nullum causa mortis invenientes erunt a Pilato ut interficeretur. This is Paul talking about what happened to Jesus. Um, and finding invenientes, there's your nominative plural to go with the verb pezierunt. And finding nullum causa mortis, no cause of death, no reason for death, no charge of death. They sought a Pilato, they sought, they begged from Pilate, they sought from Pilate, ut. It's a just of noun clause, right? A noun, a noun uh, clause used after a verbing of asking or commanding. They begged from Pilate, ut that interficeretur, that he be killed. Talking about um, the crowds demanding the crucifixion of Jesus. So finding no cause for death, um, they sought from Pilate that he be killed. Just of noun clause plus the subjunctive. We are in secondary sequence, therefore imperfect subjunctive. Interficeretur. Okay, number 15. Videns autem turbas ascendit in montem, et cum se dicit ad cesserunt ad eum discipulius. Okay. Seeing, however, the crowds ascended in mountain, he climbed up, he ascended onto the mountain, he ascended the mountain, et cum sedisit, and when he had sat, when he had been seated, when he sat down, a cesurant ad eum discipulius, his disciples approached him or came to him. So we have a cum clause in the middle there. We also have a participial phrase. Uh, so again, remember in Latin, there are lots of ways to show the circumstances under which the main verb uh, functions. Here we have a participial phrase uh, followed by a cum clause and then the main verb. The disciples uh, approached him or came to him, um, right? Um, and, but then we also see um, the, the, I'm sorry, the participial phrase which modifies ascended. Seeing the crowds, he ascended the mountain, right? I'm sorry, that, that's, that's talking about what Jesus does. And then when he had sat down, talking again what Jesus did, the apostles or the disciples approached him. So we have uh, videns modifying um, an understood Jesus because we know he's the one that's doing the action, ascending the mountain. And cum sedicit also talking about Jesus when he had sat down, or when he had sat, taken a seat. Then the apostles or the disciples approached him. Okay, um, next one is number 21. Amen, amen, dico vobis. Non es servus maior domino suo, neque apostolus maior eo qui misit illum. Uh, amen, amen, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking in the uh, 13th chapter of John, a servant is not maior domino suo. A servant is not greater, right? There's your comparative degree of the adjective, modifying servus. A servant is not greater than the ablative of comparison, domino suo, than his master, 
Notice it's suo domino, his own master, right? Not somebody else's master. That would be eus domino, domino eus. But here, domino suo. A servant is not greater than his own master, nor is an apostle maior eo greater than eo, than the one, than, than that person, qui misit ilum, who sent him. Um, there you have another uh, comparative adjective, maior, modifying apostolus, with a, uh, the ablative of comparison, eo, and then a relative clause, qui misit ilum, who sent him. Okay, uh, that's a good practice sentence. Number 26 is our next one. Patria mihi vita mea multo escarior. My fatherland, or the fatherland, is dearer escarior. The main sentence is patria escarior. The fatherland is dearer. It is dearer mihi to me, than vita mea, than my life. And then what do we do with multo? Well, that's an ablative of degree of difference, modifying carior, isn't it? It's dearer by much to me than my own life. We would just simply say, my fatherland is much dearer to me than my life. Now notice vita mea is in the ablative, and we know that because of the long mark, vita over vita and mea in the ablative. Um, this could get confusing, couldn't it? If those long marks weren't there, um, and we could flip-flop the sentence and might say, my, father, my life is dearer to me than my fatherland if patria were in the ablative. It's not. You'll, you'll say, how do we know if we didn't have those long marks? And in most uh, texts in Latin, of course, the Romans didn't write in those long marks. Um, in most texts and critical texts, advanced texts, those marks are not, those diacritical marks are not included. So you have to go really by context and word order um, when you have uh, a piling up of ablatives or of, of A endings like you do here. But our sentence is very clear because we have the benefit of vita mea being in the ablative with those long marks over the A. So we know that it's uh, the fatherland is much dearer to me than my own life. Um, multo, ablative of degree of difference, modifying carior. Vita mea, ablative of comparison after dearer, dearer than my own life. Okay, I hope you got that one. That's a very good practice sentence. Okay, number 29, here's St. Paul speaking to the Corinthians. Volo autem omnes vos loqui linguis, magis autem profetare, maior autem esqui profetat, quam qui loquitur linguis. I, however, want or wish all of you, omnes vos loqui linguis, to speak by means of tongues, in tongues, by means of tongues. However, it is greater profetare, magis autem profetare, is greater to prophesy. Maior autem, however, greater is the one who prophesies than, quam, than, qui, the one who loquitur linguis, speaks in tongues. So I want you all to speak in tongues. However, 
it is greater to prophesy. It is greater to pro is greater. I'm sorry. Greater is he who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues. Maior autem est greater is he qui who uh, prophesy, prophesies than the one who loquitur linguist speaks in tongues. I wanted you to get that benefit of the qualm comparing two whole clauses. Greater is the one who speaks in prophecy than the one who speaks in tongues. Uh, that, that qualm there, comparative with simple adjectives, but also compare it can you can compare entire clauses like you do here with this one. Okay. Uh, our next one is number 32. At sea, tradidero corpus meum ut gloriere, caritatem autem non habuero, nihil mihi prodest. This is from the famous passage in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13. Nihil mihi prodest is the main verb. It is beneficial to me nothing. It, it is not at all. There's that... that um, that uh, accusative of specification, it profits me in no way, in, in, in no degree, nothing. It profits me nothing. If, if I shall have handed over my body in order that I might boast, however, if I shall not have charity or love. So those, those, that C clause carries over we have tradidero and non habuero, future perfects. If I shall have handed over my body in order to boast, that I might boast or, or glory, and however, if I shall not have had charity or love. So even if I hand over my body, but I do not have love, Prodest nihil mihi, it profits nothing to me in reference to me. It's not at all beneficial to me. So charity or love is the important thing. And so we have that, uh, that C clause, which really governs both those verbs in the uh, future perfect indicative tense. If I shall have handed over my body, but I shall not have had love, caritatem, then it profits me nothing. Okay, very famous passage. Uh, number 35, Jesus autem amplius nihil responded, ita ut miraretur pilatus, from the passion again. Jesus, however, responded uh, nihil amplius, nothing further. He made no further answer. Responded nihil amplius. He responded nothing further or beyond. Such that ita. Now when we have that ita, remember seek ita, um, it's going to introduce uh, a result. He, he responded nothing further such that Pilate was amazed. Miraretur. Imperfect subjunctive showing subsequent time or same time as the main verb which is in secondary sequence. It's a purpose clause. Jesus, or I'm sorry, it's a result clause. Jesus, however, responded nothing further in such a way that the result was Pilate 
was amazed. He was amazed that Jesus wouldn't speak more, offer more in his own defense, right? Okay, that's a good one. Um, and and uh, remember, as you see in these purpose clauses, result clauses, cum clauses, indirect questions, um, operative is always that sequence of tense chart that we learned several units ago. It's always good to have that in the back of your mind. All right, number 36. Et tu puer profeta altissimi vocaberis, praibis enim antefacium domini parare vias eos, illuminare his, qui in tenebris et in umbra mortis sedet, ad dirigendos pedes nostros in viam pacis. This is, of course, um, the canticle of Zachary from the canticle of Zachary, talking about St. John the Baptist. And you, boy, prophet, you will be called, you, boy, vocaberis. You will be called, from vocal vocare, in the future there, vocaberis. You will be called prophet of the Most High. For you will pray, pray ibis. You will go before the antefacium domini before the face of the Lord, parare, to prepare vias eos, his ways, illuminare his, and to illuminate, to shine light on his, on those qui, who in tenebris et in umbra mortis et, who sit, there it is, who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Ad dirigendos pedes nostros. Ad plus the gerund or gerundive to show purpose in order to direct our feet into the way of peace. Now, I could ask you, look at the phrase, ad dirigendos pedes. pedes. Is that a gerund or a gerundive? I want each of you to answer in your own mind there. Tell me, is it a gerund or gerundive? Aha, uh -huh. if you said gerund, you are wrong. <laughs> Why? Because remember, a gerund only has the four singular neuter oblique cases, and therefore it would have to be ad dirigendum, and then paydays would be its object. If you said gerundive, you were correct, because remember a gerundive is an adjective, and the formula for changing a gerund into a gerundive is to see what the case of the gerund's object would have been, paydays, accusative, but it would have to be plural masculine, and then make the gerundum modify it. That's why we have dirigendos pedes. Either one means exactly the same. Ad dirigendos pedes means for directing the feet. Ad dirigendum pedes would be correct. That would be a gerund with an object, and that would mean for directing the feet, in order to direct the feet. But this, I just wanted you to make the distinction between gerund and gerundive. This is a gerundive. So um, you came to illuminate or to shine upon those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death in order to direct our feet into the way of peace. Very good. Okay, that's good practice and good review. How about number 39? Ait autem illi. Diliges dominum deum tuum in toto corde tuo, et in tota anima tua, et in tota mente tua. Hoc es magnum et primum mandatum, secundum autem simile est huic. 
diligence proximum tuum sequit te ipsum. I wanted you to read the uh, the great commandments in uh, in Latin. He said to them to that one, however, you will love the Lord your God in all your heart and in all your soul and in all your mind. In tota mente tua. This is this is the magnum et primum mandatum. This is the great and first commandment. Secundum autem similes. The second, however, is similar huic to this. And here's the second. Diligence. You will love proximum tuum, your neighbor, sequit te ipsum, as you yourself. Te ipsum, the emphatic te with the ipsum attached to it. So notice diligence, diligence. Those are future, right? And remember, future can also, the use of the future, even in English, can imply a command. You will love. Yes, you will do this, right? And that's a command. Those, there's the great commandment in Latin from the Gospel of Matthew. Very nice. Okay, good. Number 41. Et dixerunt ad invicem. Non cor nostrum ardens erat in nobis, dum loqueretur in via et aperire nobis scripturas, this, of course, is from the Gospel of Luke on the road to Emmaus after the resurrection. The, the uh, disciples say, they said, and they said to one another, None cor nostrum, none expecting a yes answer. Was not our heart burning? We would say, were not our hearts, um, but Latin can use it in the collective sense singularly. Our heart, was it not burning in us? while he was speaking on the road and opening nobis to us, the scriptures. So remember, he appears, they're not sure who he is. They speak with him on the road to Emmaus as they're walking. And the, the, later on, in the breaking of the bread, when Jesus celebrates the Eucharist with them, in the breaking of the bread, they recognized him. And then later, as he's, when he's gone, they say to one another, was not the heart, our heart, burning in us while he was speaking on the road and opening to us the scriptures? Notice dum plus your subjunctive. Um, we're in secondary sequence, hence the imperfect subjunctive locurator and aperiret. Good. Um, that's a nice passage, one of my favorites in the gospel. Okay. Um, number 46. Quid enim prodest homini si lucretur mundum totum et detrimentum faciat anime sue? Yes, a famous passage that you'll recognize. What profits a man? What, what benefit is there to a man, to a person? Homini, notice in the dative. This, room, this verb prosum, prodest, right? Prodest, what? Is it profitable, or in what way does it profit um, to a man? Right, that's why homini is in the dative. If he should lucrator should gain the world, the whole world, at faciat detrimentum, and make a loss of his soul, or cause a loss of his soul, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but to lose his soul? As we often say uh, in our 
colloquially way in English, colloquial way in English. Um, here it is in Latin. Um, what profit is it to a man or what does it benefit? What benefit is there to a human being, homini? If he should, notice, si lucrator, remember, uh, si clause with the subjunctive is the protasis of a should-would condition, a future less vivid. If he should lose or should gain, mundum totum, the whole world, but faciat detrimentum, but make a loss uh, of his soul or to his soul. Uh, very famous quote from uh, the Gospel of Mark. Okay, our next one, number 48. Uh, Ioannes this is John the Baptist, cum audicet in vinculis opera Christi, mitens, mitens per discipulos suos ait ili, tu es qui venturus es an alium expectamus. So this is John when he's in prison, right? John, however, when he had heard, notice the cum clause, notice the cum clause, prior time to the main verb, pluperfect subjunctive, when he had heard in prison, or in, while he was in chains, in prison, the works of Christ, opera Christi, sending through his own disciples, says to him, now notice, it's suos discipulos, Reflecting John, so John sends his own, his own disciples to Jesus, and he says to him, Tu es, are you the one, qui venturis es, the one who is about to come, who is going to come, on or alium expectamus, are we waiting for another? And Jesus, of course, responds in a lengthy uh, response uh, that, in fact, reveals to John that, yes, in fact, his cousin, his, I am, I am not only your cousin, but I am the Messiah, right? So, uh, are you the one who is to come, is, is going to come, or are we waiting for another? That's the question. Notice how diset in the pluperfect subjunctive because of a cum clause, prior time to the main verb, and the suos discipulos, those are John's own disciples, not somebody else's. Okay, number 49. Et circum ibat Jesus totum Galileam, docens in synagogis eorum, et predicans evangelium, evangelium reini. And Jesus was going around, circum ibat, all of Galilee, docens, participial phrase teaching in the synagogues, in their synagogues, at predicans, another participle, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the good news, evangelium, the good news, right? The gospel, the good news of the kingdom. Two nice participles there, which I wanted you to see, get some practice on. Okay, number 50. Ipse enem Jesus testimonium perhibuit quia profeta in sua patria honorum non habet. I always like this uh, quotation. Jesus himself offered testimony, testimonium perhibuit, that propheta in sua patria, a, a prophet in his own land. Notice that's reflexive of the prophet, a prophet in his own. That's a reflexive adjective. In his own land, uh, honorum non habit, does not have honor. A prophet in his own land does not have honor. 
they didn't like, they didn't uh, follow Jesus's teaching or they didn't uh, give him honor for his teaching in his own hometown as they, other people did when he was away from it. Uh, and that's what causes him to make that, uh, that uh, proclamation about a prophet in his own land. Okay, uh, number 51. Si vis perfectus esse vade, vende que habes et da pauperibus. Yes, the young man asking Jesus what he needs to do uh, to be a disciple, to enter into the kingdom. If you wish to be perfectus, perfect. Perfectus in Latin, to be th literally thoroughly done, right? Um, the Romans had the conception of when something was entirely done, finished in its whole, there's a perfection about it, right? So if you want to be perfect, if you wish to be perfect, vade, go, vende, sell, que habes, what you have, at da pauperibus, and give it, understood, to the poor. Okay, and you remember, the young man went away disappointed. Number 52, dicit e mulier, scio quia messias venit, qui dicito Christus, cum veneritili nobis annunciabit omnia. This again is the Samaritan woman at the well, right? The woman says to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the Messiah qui dicito Christus, who is called the Christ, the anointed one, right? Cum venerit ille nobis annunciabit omnia. So here we have cum plus the indicative. When he shall, when that one shall have come, he will announce to us all things. So um, we're talking strictly about the uh, the time relationship here. When he will come, when that one will come, he will announce to us all things. Okay, in our last uh, sentence, number 53, our last assigned sentence, Alii dicebat, hic es Christus, quidem autem dicebat, numquid a Galilea Christus venit? Question. Uh, others were saying, this is the Christ. Certain ones, however, were saying, numquid a Galilea Christus venit? Does Christ doesn't come from, the, the anointed one isn't coming from Galilee, is he? Numquid, remember, expects a no answer. Numer numquid. So uh, there, there's a confusion there because they don't really know where Jesus was born, um, even though he lives in the, the region. So they say, well, Christ, the, the anointed one, isn't supposed to come, isn't coming from Galilee, is he? Right? So some were saying that or others were saying uh, this is the Christ. But there were certain ones who were asking the question, uh, the, the, the Christ isn't coming from Galilee, is he? And expecting a no answer. Okay, very good. That completes uh, our sentences. And let's take a look at the calling of the first apostles uh, from the Gospel of Mark. Et praeterians secus mare Galilee vidit Simonum et Andream fratrum Simonis nitentes retia in mare. Erant enim piscatores. Okay, so in passing by 
Praetorians, uh, along or beside the Sea of Galilee, vidit Simonum. He saw Simon at Andreum and Andrew, the fratrum Simonis, the brother of Simon. Mitentes understood retia, sending their, putting their retia in mare, putting their nets into the sea. Errant enim piscatores, for they were for they were fishermen, piscatores, yes. Et dixit eis Jesus, venite post me et faciam vos fieri piscatores hominum. I like that line a lot. Jesus says to them, said to them, come post me, behind me, follow me, come behind me, and faciam, I will make you vos to become fieri piscatores hominum fishers of human people, of human beings. You will now be fishers of men or fishers of people, right? Et protinus relictis retibus secutis sunt eam. And immediately, relictis retibus. Ah, beautiful example of the ablative absolute. Hope you're seeing these now. Standing out there in the ablative, not any grammatical connection, but telling the circumstances under which something happens main verb functions with a uh, noun and a participle, with the nets, with their nets having been abandoned, right? Their nets left behind. Secuti sunt am. They followed him. Et progressus pusilum vidit Jacobum Zebedei et Ioannem fratrum eus, et ipsos in navi componentes retia et statim vocavit illos. And uh, Having progressed a little bit further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, right, at Ioannem Fratermes, and John, his brother. And they, what were they doing? He saw them in Navi, in the boat, componentes retia, putting together their nets. They're, they're, they're mending their nets, I think. That's what they're doing. They're componentes retia. And immediately, vocavideus, and immediately he called them. Et relicto partre suo Zebedeo in navi, cum mercenarius mercenariis abierunt eum. So now we have a very nice ablative absolute phrase. And with their own father, notice it's their own father Zebedee, having been abandoned in the boat, cum mercenariis, with these the, uh, hired hands, Abi erunt eum. They went away from him. They left him. So that's a nice, they left him. Uh, and then we have that circumstance. The father Zebedee uh, with the hired hands having been left in the boat. They, they jumped out and he was in the boat with the hired hands. They left him. So there you have the calling of the first apostles from the Gospel of Mark. Okay, that completes um, our unit number 28. I hope that, uh, you, that, that those sentences, in fact, and, and the drills gave you lots and lots of uh, practice on cum clauses and um, reflexives. So I hope those are becoming um, seared into your minds and memories um, and you're getting used to them. We'll continue to see them, as I said before, cum clauses are extremely common and important in Latin. So you will see them. You'll have to figure out from the context 
if they're cum temporal, cum uh, causal, or cum concessive, usually that's not a problem, and I think uh, they'll become uh, like second nature to you. So uh, wishing you a, a great day and a great week, and we'll be back with you soon uh, again for our next unit. Uh, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.